Welcome to the Watch and Wine podcast, a show about cinema brought to you by Rowan, Mercy, Maria, and Lauren. You can find us in our film-focused Discord server to listen to podcasts live and ask questions, or on our Instagram account for more film content. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Rowan, and you can find me on Letterboxd at Rosace. Hey, I'm Maria, and you can find me on Letterboxd as Maria R-O-M. I'm Mercy. You can find me on Letterboxd at literally underscore Mercy. My name's Lauren, and I'm on Letterboxd at Lolo's app. Uh, I'm hyped for this episode. I- I'm really excited. Uh, I-, I don't yeah. know if you guys feel the same. That was a very yeah. unexcited yeah. yeah from Lauren. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm I'm hyped, but I'm also like dreading and looking forward to... Th- there will be a lot of tension in the air for this episode. Uh, I think there already is. I feel like there's going to be a oh, yeah. lot of competition and uh, and disagreements. If mm-hmm. anyways, uh, so what we're doing is we're going to do we're going to start the director bracket that we uh, set up last episode. We we went through all the directors that we're going to be nominating, and we'll put them in a in a bracket, a tournament. Uh, we're going to pit them against each other, and we're going to find out our collective favorite director. Uh, oh, well, I don't know. It, is it our favorite or is it the best? I don't know what we're judging it off. It's the one that beat out all the rest. Yeah, the one yeah. that we do not eliminate. And we can kind of individually choose whatever metric we want to kind of vote. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot unfortunately, of stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, all of us haven't seen every single one of these movies from every single director. Some of them, like uh, Alfred Hitchcock, that's almost mm-hmm. impossible for all of us to catch up on um, in a short period of time. There's one or two matchups I think I have to kind of sit out of um, unless I catch up uh, between this like recording and next. But yeah. should, we, should we run through them or is there anything else you wanted to go over just as a reminder? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to do a few notes. Uh, mm-hmm. So firstly, yeah, like Lauren said, we, ha- we haven't... Uh, we, we obviously haven't seen every movie of every director. So to kind of vote fairly between us... Uh, we've kind of made a soft rule that unless you kind of have a feel for the director and their style, uh, don't kind of participate in that vote. Uh, so we're yeah. we're eliminating them based on votes. So if you haven't seen two of their movies, then yeah, you, you have to sit out. <laughs> uh, also, I wanted to mention that there were a couple of additions and emissions that we didn't uh, come up with until after we did the last episode. So we've removed Spike Jones, Tim Burton, and I think Catherine Bigelow, and we've replaced them in the bracket with Spike Lee, Celine Shiama, and who did I add? Steve McQueen. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Anyways, I-, I just wanted to go through the bracket just to start off, just so we, uh, so everyone's kind of got an idea of what's to, to come. And we're going to go through about 11 of these today out of don't know how many matchups hopefully. there are. Yeah, hopefully. There's think... a lot. Whatever half of 68 is, right? Oh, 64, right? Oh, sorry. Oh, is it 64? No, 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 no. I don't you're right, 68. But, but it's not. It's a it's... lot. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's 36 <laughs> matchups for round one. Uh, if we include the, the bubble brackets, I think that's what they're called. Right. Oh, do, do we want to explain those ones as well? Just so that's, that doesn't cause confusion. Let's, let's um, just go over those really quick before we go on to the next yeah okay so if you listen to uh, last episode you'll know that we uh we had four honorable mentions 
that were added just to kind of give them a, a shot because we didn't want to kind of not give a nod to these famous directors just because n- none of us picked them in our nomination list. Uh, so we've mm-hmm. put them in their own kind of separate competition. Uh, and if they, I, I don't know how to explain it properly. If they make it past sort of a, the what, what's the word? If they make it past a little qualifier, then they get to take part in the bracket, if that makes sense. Yes. So the four bubble brackets, uh, Quentin Tarantino is the honorable mention and he will be facing off against Richard Linklater. Uh, Tarantino has a lot of famous works, and Linklater directed Boyhood and the, the Before Trilogy. Yeah. Uh, next is Barry Jenkins, director of Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk, facing off against honorable mention John Carpenter, a horror director of The Thing and Halloween, and I think a couple of other stuff that isn't coming to mind at the moment, but I'll have a look at that in a second. Uh, the Wachowski sisters facing off against honorable mention Christopher Nolan. Uh, the Wachowski did The Matrix, and I haven't, I didn't hear of Bound before Lauren recommended it to me, but I hear that's really good. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It just uh this week made our list of top twenty-five films in the server, so I'm excited to see it because apparently it's a server. Oh, that's favorite. done. I haven't yes. seen that list. I want to go check it out. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. I, Sorry. Gotta do this, spoiler gotta do alert. This first. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next up is Alex Garland, director of Annihilation and Ex Machina, facing off against Francis Ford Coppola, director of the Godfather trilogy and Apocalypse Now. Uh, so that that's it for the four kind of bubble brackets. So if Tarantino, Carpenter, Nolan, and Coppola uh, beat their opponents, uh, they, they will have a chance in the official bracket, if that makes sense. Uh, I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as for the proper nomination, so these are people that everyone submitted as their as their nomination. So these people officially made the cut. So Park Chan-wook, uh, director of Old Boy and The Handmaiden, uh, will be facing off against the winner between Tarantino and Linklater. Next matchup is Darren Aronofsky uh, versing the Coen brothers. Uh, Aronofsky did Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream and Pi and a couple of other stuff. And the Coens have done, like, everything. They did Lebowski, uh, No Country for Old Men. They're, they're pretty well-known, I think, outside of... Should we just, should we just run through the matchups um, so we can, like, discuss Sorry, as yeah. much as possible? Yeah. Uh, next one is John Huston versus Takashi Miike. Uh, next one is Ari Aster versus Lars von Trier. Uh, they're numbered. I'll just read out the numbers. Number eight is Sofia Coppola versus Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, number nine is James Cameron uh, versus Martin Scorsese. Uh, number ten is Paul Thomas Anderson versus Martin McDonough. Eleven is Cel- uh, Celine Sciamma versus Spike Lee. Number thirty-four. That was a weird jump. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So thirty-four is uh, Francois Ozon versus the winner between Barry Jenkins and John Carpenter. Uh, back to 12. This is, yeah, this is weird numbering because of the way the bracket is laid out. Anyways, number 12 is Alfonso Cuaron versus uh, Andre... Uh, Zv- uh, I practiced this, I swear, before the podcast. Zvien... <laughs> the writing is so small, I need to zoom in. Andre Zviagintsev. Zvien- 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 
Perfect. You sound like a Polish sure. speaker. Yeah, that that would that would pass. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I, th- I feel like I've said um about thirty million times. You're good. That's okay. Yeah. Number thirteen is Claire Dennis versus Big Ass Luna. Big Ass Luna. That I, I hope I pronounced that correct. <laughs> sounds, no, sounds better when Maria said it. Big Ass Luna. Big. <laughs> I feel like my Australian accent doesn't do that name any justice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Vegas, it's a name. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, 14 is Sean Baker. <laughs> Big ass Luna. <laughs> All, All right. right. Need to breathe. 14 is Sean Baker versus Guillermo del Toro. Uh, 15 is David Cronenberg versus Greta Gerwig. 16 is Stanley Kubrick versus Jordan Peele. 17 is Drew Goddard versus Brad Bird. Uh, that's one of my personal favorite matchups. Uh, 18 is Lord and Miller versus Wong Kar Wai or, or Wei. I'm not sure which one that Why? is. Yeah. Why? Okay. Uh, 35, uh, which is jumping to one of the bubble brackets, will be Akira Kurosawa, Kurosawa uh, versus the winner between the Wachowski sisters and Christopher Nolan. 19 is Ingmar Bergman versus Damien Chazelle. Uh, number 20 is David Lynch versus Denis Villeneuve, which I think is a really great matchup. Yeah. Um, number 21 is Lee Chang-dong versus Alfred Hitchcock. 22 is Andre Tarkovsky versus David Lowry. Number 23 is Steve McQueen versus Gaspar No. Uh, 24 is Pedro Almodovar versus Chloe Zhao. 25 is Lee Winnell versus David Fincher. 36, uh, another bubble bracket, is Leos Carax versus the winner between Alex Garland and Francis Ford Coppola. 20, uh, 26 is uh, Satoshi Khan versus Andrzej Zulowski. Did I get that right? Someone who knows, correct me if that was wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. No, that was all right? Okay. Uh Julia DeCornell versus Kim Ki-duk, uh, or Kim Ki-duk, is number 27. 28 is Ridley Scott versus Kelly Reichardt. Uh, 29 is Edgar Wright versus Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, 30 is Paolo, or Paolo Sorrentino, uh, and they're versing Nicholas W. Reffin. Reffin? Uh, I think it's Reffin. Reffin. 31 is Michael Haneke. Uh, versus Steven Spielberg and number 32 is Robert Eggers versus Bong Joon-ho we have some really well I don't know it's a kind of a mixture between really tricky matchups or ones that seem pretty straightforward like uh we like like I mentioned I think the the David Lynch one versus Denis Villeneuve is a really interesting matchup and uh, we were mentioning before the podcast, Ariasta versus Lars von Trier is another is another really good one. What do you guys think? Do you guys have any like personal favorites? Yeah, I think even the um, kind of first first round uh, honorable mentions are have some interesting matchups. Yeah, um, Alex Garland hasn't done that much, um, but it kind of depends on like how much all of us like Francis Ford Coppola. I think on whether or not he goes on almost. Yeah, that's a good point. It, yeah, it really comes down to kind of our opinions on... Because Francis Ford Coppola is the name in that matchup. 
Mm-hmm. That's gonna yeah. Be Alex Garland has, has written has written way more than he's directed, but I, I like his um like motion picture. Uh, so we're gonna talk about I think eleven. We've got eleven matchups we've prepared for in this uh for this episode. So we're gonna do the link later versus Tarantino. We're gonna do all the bubble brackets to start off with, uh, and then we're gonna do the first like seven or eight. Uh, so do we want to start? right off stop delaying and talk about link leader versus tarantino oh yeah i'm dreading it but yeah <laughs> i think th- <laughs> this is a funny ass matchup i think we've been, yeah let's we've talk been about where what, where would you vote um pre-discussion just like going into it but shouldn't we save that uh, for the end for like suspense reasons uh, i think it's i mean i have an argument for one of these over the other for sure so that's what you're going to get from me okay well w- which one are you leaning towards lauren um tarantino uh, yeah he's way more quality films i think it, interesting you say that because we were using this matchup uh as an example in a lot of our kind of like pre-podcast conversations as yeah we're using it as an example of sort of the most ridiculous possible things you could compare against because like tarantino and Linklater are known for completely different things their movies are like polar opposite in style uh in di- like Linklater is more known for kind of like s- really grounded realistic depictions of kind of human relationships uh mm-hmm. just a reminder if you're not familiar with Linklater stuff he did uh boyhood and the before trilogy uh so yeah the before the the beforehood which one do i want to talk about i just combined both of them into one word boyhood is definitely more of a it's an attempt at a really honest and intimate look at a at a family uh, as they kind of grow up and the before trilogy is definitely so i I haven't seen all of the before movies i've seen which one's the first one i always get them confused is before sunset the the first one or Or sunrise Okay, yeah, sun, before yeah. sunrise. And then sunset and then midnight. Okay, I just gotta remember, it's in order of, like, how they happen. Sunrise, then sunset, then. Yeah, he's good at portraying kind of mundane life and these, like, small um, life moments that maybe stick with you in the long run if you experience them. But I didn't, I didn't buy Boyhood as an experiment. I Well, that's the thing. I bought it I, as an experiment. Yeah, but as like uh, the experiment didn't like succeed, is in my opinion, it um, the main actor just can't can't carry that weight of like and at these different stages of your life. Um, See, the thing even, is, I mean, you kind of you do get to gradually watch him grow up, but it's almost like you know, yeah, it's almost like you know where like what's going to happen each episode. You um, get like a twenty-minute scene for. You get to see him go through the emo stage, and and then mm-hmm. I don't know. He some like of comes them home, comes home high, and it's like, yeah, his his mom his mom chews oh him out, God, and yeah. then like the very last scene, he's like off at college, and you know has the rest of his life to look forward to. But um, I feel like the first half is definitely stronger than the second half. Like I'm not sure how much of the movie was written uh, before the first kind of sh- shooting was started because a lot of the 
there are a lot of moments in the the second half of the movie that feel really like manufactured and rushed like uh I, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head but i remember thinking that when i first watched it an example i can think of is uh i don't know if, if he was uh he, he was some guy who was speaking in a really like in really poor english to the the, the mum and she's like oh you should uh you should go to school and get an education and it's just something that absolutely no one would would say and and then in the next or you know they two years ahead uh the same guy comes up to them serving them in a fucking restaurant and is like i took your advice and i went and i learned english and it's it's just the oh fakest God. shit i've ever heard and it's it, that's the kind of thing that makes me think that maybe some of the moments were written along the way because uh, link later is really good at kind of writing i feel like down to earth sort of dialogue that a, a real human would say i was thinking that throughout the whole of before sunrise sunrise is correct so what what are mercy and maria what are your opinions on link later i was gonna say as a funny kind of clap back to what rowan mm -hmm. just said i personally don't think tarantino's character dialogue is realistic at all either they're super like long poetic monologues and then just he layers everything with profanity and pop culture references and that's it's the very point. he's not trying to i mean yeah yeah of course but linklater's i think part of the similarities between the four trilogy and boyhood is it specializes in the passage of time and so you have this idea that life is made up of the in-between moments and not all of the big highs and lows or accomplishments mm -hmm. or significant things that make up a people. It's about the journey and the growth, the character development in between those big moments. So that's why I personally like him, um, is I think that he captures life in an authentic way because that's how we as humans experience life. Um, so in that experience, it's a little bit different for how traditional films portray I've never really thought about, uh, I, I've never really compared the movies in that sense. Like you're right. It, it really is kind of a observation. Isn't really the right word, but it kind of, uh, it kind of analyzes the, the passage of time. Like you said, uh, I had, I had a really interesting thought on the top of my head. It just slipped me. They're also, and I'm not comparing them necessarily, but they were both filmed over, right, a super extended period of time with the same actors, mm -hmm. um, and they're very, very loosely structured, and my understanding in both cases was that Linklater kind of wrote the script alongside, like, as the filming was progressing, and he really worked with the actors to build up their characters, which, again, mm -hmm. I think that just makes it a very natural depiction of how we experience the world. Mm-hmm. So you reckon maybe I was right and maybe it was sort of done as it went along. I, I think that might have been a good call because if they hadn't have done that, it might have felt like the, the movie was kind of stuck in the year 2000 or whenever it started. Uh, the first one's in the 90s, I think. Well, if it came that out in 2014, then I think if they filmed every year for it might have been oh, you're 90s. talking about Boyhood. Oh, I was thinking of the Before Trilogy. My bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I will also say for Linklater, I have only seen Boyhood and the Before Trilogy, so I have not seen some of his, mm. what I understand are considered to be his weaker uh, films, whereas on the other side, I have only seen Tarantino's weaker films. I have not seen mm. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen, oh gosh, what are some Django of his other Change, right? 
Yes, I've seen Django Unchained. That's, I've that's seen my personal favorite. I, I think exists as just a great example of like taking massive inspiration from classic Hollywood, mm. um, you know, using the gratuitous violence in a retributive and like almost celebratory way yeah. of, you know, casting like one of the biggest leading mans in Hollywood as this like black, you know, not, he's not a cowboy, but he's, uh, he subverts the kind of stereotype. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what are you, what's, What's your pick, Maria? Linklater or Tarantino? Yeah. And, and why? I don't think I really had Maria's take on this. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Um, I don't think I can... I can say... Uh, I don't have very clear who am I supporting. Because... Uh, I mean, I love the Before tri tri Trilogy. But... Um, I mean, that's it, you know? And... I, I completely love it, but I adore that trilogy. But with uh, Tarantino, there's many movies that I like from him because they are very like easier easier to digest and to uh, like it's something you actually enjoy watching with friends. I always think back to that really so... famous interview quote where he's he's on TV and the newsreader is kind of going off at him for having all this violence in Kill Bill and, like, encouraging kids to go see it. And he responds, mm -hmm. like, on live TV, like, it's so much fun, Jan. It's a, it's a really <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, I know what you're talking to, about. Yeah. He's like, why? Why? I just really want to dig into, like, why all this violence? And he's like, it's fantasy. It's um, gratuitous, yeah, but... It's entertaining. We've kind of, it's... Yeah, we've mentioned him as kind of the, like, quintessential film bro. So yeah. A lot of but the I, and I, I haven't I haven't seen Pulp Fiction for like seven years now, but that was like my favorite movie when I was fourteen. I've no shame in saying that, just because that's it is good. It's just yeah. it's good. It's just a meme of how much people like good. it. Mm -hmm. Do we want to do our final votes now? Do we have any uh, final thoughts on either of the two directors? I don't think we talked much about. I think Tarantino should go. Because Linklater has a very quick uh, filmography compared to Tarantino. You mean he should go as in, like, he should move forward, or he should go as no, in... No, as, as in, yeah, like, go to hell, I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait, so we should clarify. So if you're, if you're voting for a director, you're voting for them to move forward. So vote for the one yeah. that you like the best. I want to know. What was that, sorry? I'm voting Link... Oh. <laughs> I, I, my, <laughs> my audio cut. Maria said Tarantino. she's voting Tarantino. I'm voting Link later just to spite everyone on here. Just to throw a bone to... No, I... Okay, in my defense, I, I want to say Tarantino mm -hmm. is a director of our generation and he is obviously very well renowned and respected for his style. Um, mm -hmm. I personally... Personally, I am voting with I prefer Link later films. So I'm yeah, not discrediting he's, Tarantino. He's still in he's still in that like intensely independent nineties mindset where like mm. I, I, I trust him to, you know, make interesting projects. Um and but as uh but I'm voting for Tarantino. I'll be voting for Tarantino too. I just want to mention as we uh 
continue through this bracket. So, like we mentioned before, like we haven't really seen all of the movies of these directors. Uh, so as we start narrowing it down, we're going to be able to kind of see more and more of the movies of the directors that kind of uh, make it far. So at, by the time we get to the top 16 or top eight, we should have a pretty good idea of uh, who we're talking about. And uh, Mercy, I, I hope that with Tarantino moving forward, you can find time to check out some of his uh, more respected movies, like uh, Inglorious oh, Bastards yeah. is one of my personal I'm favorites. I'm excited to... I have not seen like Kill Bill and Jackie Brown and some of the films that have his more iconic female characters. I'm super excited to dive more into his filmography because, again, like I admitted, I have just not seen some of his most highly respected works. Okay, so officially Tarantino is moving forward in our first uh, matchup of the of the bracket. So right now I'm uh, I'm editing it on the website. Uh, I'll, I'll probably put a link to the yes. to the bracket in the in the description of this podcast. If you want to check out how it's going, then uh, you can do that. Uh, alternatively, if you're watching, uh, sorry, if you're listening to this podcast kind of after the bracket has been completed, I wouldn't advise you visit the website because it'll spoil who, who won each matchup. So unless you want that kind of, uh, unless you want those spoilers, I, I'd stay away from the link. But if you're listening live, go check it out. Uh, let me just, Tarantino 3 link later one submit oh that's gonna be tarantino versus chan wook that's tough yeah uh we should probably do this stone it will be funnier what'd you say (laughs) saying that we should do this discussion if we're high because it will be funnier correct me if i'm wrong we're we're doing that matchup this episode Mm -hmm. that's gonna be oh wow that's the only double Matchup. Tarantino is the only person who will be discussed twice. You. Uh, so we'll come back to him in a couple of <laughs> in a couple of rounds if you want to keep going in order. Um, yeah. yeah so next? we can. Yeah. So next uh, is Barry Jenkins versus John Carpenter, and I just watched If Bill Street Could Talk, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. How much do you like John Carpenter, though? Uh. Well, like I said, John Carpenter is kind of in as an honorable mention. So he's kind of here based off how sort of quote unquote iconic. I want to hear your opinions, Roz. No, that, I was, I was building up to that. My okay. opinions are like, you know, like he's okay. I, I really enjoy Halloween. Like it, it's really hard to build thoughts on these iconic movies. Cause I don't really, I don't mm. really have specific thoughts. I just, I just think of them from their reputation and all of my opinions have just been boiled down to the, the common consensus. I don't, I just enjoy the thing because it's a real like because it's just a good movie you know it's a really good uh, thriller uh halloween's just a really good classic horror i can't really describe it in any other way without using classic as sort of a description have you seen they live yet uh i i actually did uh i watched it really recently actually they live yeah i didn't like it oh really nah I, I don't know. It, it, it started has, really good. He has this very good one called In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, That's really underrated. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I watched that um, based on yeah, Maria's so recommendation. Good. That's with uh, Jurassic Park. I forget his name. It's like Sam something. Yeah. Sam Neill. Yeah. Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. like I said... I, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to um, bring... 
Jenkins into the conversation. Has anyone seen the Underground Railroad? No, I really no. wanted to. We've talked mm -hmm. about that so much. I feel bad for not having seen it. We talked yeah. about that in the... I, I feel like we talked about that in the queer discussion. I could be misremembering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, it got lip service. Uh, he's another one of those directors that has a really great backlog of short films that I still haven't you know, seen all of, but... Um, yeah, everyone knows from the, you know, queer cinema episode. I already think Moonlight's a masterpiece. Um, yeah, he's famous for Moonlight, but I, th I, th I feel like Bill Street could talk is better than Moonlight. I don't know. I, 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 I really? didn't really hear. That. Yeah, by far. Wow. I, hmm. Moonlight doesn't really have much going. For, I don't. I don't really get. Like, I get it, but I also don't get why that movie is kind of so highly praised like it's a pretty standard coming of age the, uh -huh. the, the at, the only... at the same time the kind of ex like um uh, people talk about it when they talk about call me by your name like the just kind of atmosphere and like it, you're either invested or you're not but um i i just want to like live in that world um even mm -hmm. The same thing really happened in uh in if beale street could talk like uh, it, it really creates with, with the color palette and the cinematography i think are the main two factors uh it really very, creates very sort nostalgic. Of a vibe. yeah 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 it creates a nostalgia for something you kind of didn't really experience maria what's your vote carpenter or jenkins this is a hard one i think I mean, I only support Carpenter because of the Mouth of Madness, but Barry Jenkins, he seems promising. I really like Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say he's my favorite director nor anything like that, but I think he has uh, something there that could lead him as something interesting. So maybe I would vote for Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, just for you know to see what's going, what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want. Uh... Sorry, ignore me. Go ahead. I was gonna ask uh, how how many uh, uh, not Jenkins Carpenter movies Mercy's seen. I have seen just the thing and Halloween, which I know is insane for someone who loves mm -hmm. horror so much that i haven't uh done a deep dive into the 70s and 80s or probably the way that i should um but he is incredibly classic for that era and you know halloween of course basically founded the slasher genre or paved the way in a lot of ways for the films that were to come so that's super important and i also know that he um he composes for a lot of his films doesn't he i remember reading that somewhere we talked that, about like that a lot of last episode mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the oh. synth work he does is like by himself which is a super super cool feature and very unique like some bonus bonus flavor along yeah. with being a great director and his son like, like i said we talked about this last episode but his son actually was a composer for the the most recent halloween reboot mm-hmm uh, and was responsible for that uh, really cool score that I played in a clip of in the last episode. Um, I'm going to cast my vote for Barry Jenkins personally. Uh, speaking to the Black American experience and 
black identity, uh, black masculinity, and the queer experience within black culture um, in Moonlight. And in many ways for me, that's reinventing um, what a coming of age film can look like and is speaking to a lot of marginalized voices. Um, and I'm excited, frankly, I'm just really excited to see what he's gonna do in the future. Um, Cause he's only, you know, technically done two feature films at this point, but there's a lot of opportunity for growth there. I'm going to vote Barry Jenkins purely because, well, I guess you could say it's purely because I liked If Beale Street Could Talk so much, and that really raised sort of my average of him. But also I see a lot of kind of uh, really good technical work. Like even if I don't like the plot of Moonlight, the the cinematography is really, really, like it's a really beautiful movie. It, it just, uh, and it wasn't just that, like that carries on in If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, yeah, I, I just really like the the atmosphere of both of those movies like we talked about mm -hmm. yeah as much as i love the experience of john carpenter movies um i actually still haven't seen the halloween um and i'm more excited to see whatever barry jenkins makes than mm -hmm. like halloween personally but my I'm, my vote is for jenkins uh wow yeah i also Four want to for jenkins to... yes that's our first unanimous vote wow uh, so I, I want to yeah. also have an excuse to see the Underground Railroad. So this this will force me. Mm -hmm. He's also, um, he's supposed to be doing a biopic on Alvin Ailey, who's the founder of Alvin Ailey uh, American Dance Theater. I'm a dancer, so I bring that up because I'm, I'm just really excited for what he's going to bring to just bringing Black representation to cinema. I think that's so exciting. Okay, so our next matchup uh yeah. is the wachowski sisters versus christopher nolan uh any immediate thoughts mm. on on the matchup i mean they do similar genre film um but this is this is tough yeah. i want to yeah, say wachowski's <laughs> batting average is better like no no one has some clunkers in my opinion um his recent films didn't really didn't do it for you past this yeah past the spectacle um someone said in the chat last episode that you know the bigger budget and the more creative freedom he gets the, you know the worst films he makes which i agree with but yeah. <laughs> what do y'all think uh okay this is one that i'm kind of debating about sitting out of the vote for because i don't know if i really okay. have a full grasp on the wachowski's filmography like i've, I've mm -hmm. technically i technically meet the bar I've, I've seen two of their films but they're kind of both part of the same series i don't know if that i'm going to account that uh yeah the so matrix can... trilogy honestly deserves to be like seen as a, a full movie like people yeah. trash the the sequels but i i think they're dope they're part of the same sort of and and yeah they, they are messy but um especially taken as maybe like the first film is standalone and two and three are like a sequel. Um, I don't think you can separate them as much little... as you can separate The Godfather 3. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. I haven't seen that yet, but... Yeah, neither um... have I, but I don't know. I feel like uh, at the end of one, I feel like the story hasn't fully been told yet, but at the end of two, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's no need for three if that makes mm -hmm. sense and it, anyway the other 
movies worth watching, in my opinion, are Cloud Atlas and Bound. Um, Cloud Atlas is a really decent adaptation of a novel with like all these interconnecting storylines, some fictional, um, all all different genres, but the same cast uh, kind of plays all these different characters and different timelines and um i i like it but it's also been kind of dragged for its um you know white people playing asian characters and um there's some funny prosthetics but i i want to hear um what y'all think of the wachowskis I will say openly that I have not seen a single Wachowski film, so I'm not going to be able to participate in this vote. I no. have, weirdly enough, seen almost all of Nolan's films, though, so I can speak to him later if he moves on, but, uh, yeah. This is probably a good time to mention that if there's a tie, uh, so in this case, the only two people we have available to vote, assuming Maria uh, has seen the required amount of films for the Wachowskis, uh, then we, we only have two people that are, that are able to participate. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to have the live audience jump in uh, with a poll, and that's what we're going to use to yeah. determine that final vote. Pro-Nolan. Pro-Nolan. That's it. We'll see. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. That's all you. <laughs> I've seen four movies from, from the Wachowskis. Ooh. So, I don't know, like five movies actually. Well, Matrix One and Two, and Jupiter Ascending, Cloud Atlas, and Bound. Wow. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is, I mean, I could easily say that Bound for me uh, wins over any Christopher Nolan film, but. They also have Matrix and this other Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending, which were very lame, in my opinion. <laughs> so for I Nolan? think this is, this is, yeah, this is going to be for Nolan for me. I was going to say, I don't know if Lauren said his vote yet, but I have a poll post ready to go that I can post in the thread. If it's a tie, we're going to find out. Yeah, assuming... Yeah, I, I, I like Nolan a lot, but personally prefer the Wachowski sisters okay uh okay. so that's a that's a that's a tie uh so we're putting the poll in the audience chat right now uh our first tie how exciting yeah uh should i kind of i won't cut this out i'll, I'll kind of read through what the audience is saying i'll try and give a general consensus of the of the conversation what are people what are people are saying oh this bracket is officially a trash fire uh, nice. <laughs> Glad to see we got the audience on our side. Um, okay, what are we... Oh, you, you have to vote. Yeah, uh, also, if you haven't seen uh, two movies don't, uh, of each director, then don't vote. Minimum uh, two. Yeah. It's a soft rule, but we feel it's important. Unless we have... Uh, Going un once? Unless we have a... Going twice? No, that's the majority of the yeah audience it's it's it, well it's half of them so someone could come in and uh say, <laughs> Matt I, says i well, wish i hadn't seen I you for this we, uh, yeah I, I think that's all we got for pro I, I we can probably assume that everyone else hasn't seen two movies yes mm -hmm. so uh that gives right. it to nolan uh 
two to one with an audience vote for Nolan. So I'll wow. update that on the website. I didn't expect Nolan to move forward. I'm gonna be honest. He's gonna he's gonna lose anyway because he's against Kurosawa, so it doesn't really matter. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so our fourth matchup uh, after Nolan won against Wachowski's is Alex Garland versus Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, I feel like we've oh yeah we've definitely spoken about the Godfather movies before. Because mm-hmm. uh, his, his other really famous movie is Apocalypse Now, which mm-hmm. is, is pretty classic, but also kind of tedious. Um, it's it's only worth it, in my opinion, for um, what's his name, Marlon Brando. Marlon yeah. Brando's performance is like transcendent through, like depending on the cut you're watching, two and a half or three and a half hours of kind of Vietnam and yeah, I. Mm. This is another another movie that's all about the aesthetic. I feel like I've watched so many of these recently, like like movies where you you couldn't really tell, you couldn't really explain the plot or care about the plot. Mercy, it, have you seen Apocalypse Now? Um, this is the only other vote. Well, this will happen. Um, I have also not seen a single Francis Coppola film, so I will not be able to vote. Um, but I have seen Ex Machina and Annihilation from Garland. So if he moves on, I can speak to that. But um, yes, it's quite scandalous. Someone is asking in the chat what the matchup is. It's uh, yeah, it's Francis Ford Coppola versus Garland. Uh, Alex Garland, who directed Annihilation and Ex Machina. Maria, uh, how do you how do you like the the high high concept sci-fi from Alex Garland? I think Alex Garland has a promising future. I mean, I have only seen two of his films, and I like them very much. Both of them, I think they are very uh, unique. Like they have a very good essence in science fiction terror. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Francis Ford Coppola is more like. He's a good director, but he's very classic. Like I wouldn't vote for him because I mean it's twenty twenty one, and I just I can appreciate his stuff, but I I want something modern, something that scares me more, is like science fiction terror. I think that's a really good summary. I don't I couldn't really put it better than that. Uh, it's it's another situation like John Carpenter where we're we're kind of appreciating the the movies for the kind of classical value and we've spoken we've showered praise on the godfather movies before as part of the letterbox 250 by the way uh that series is going to be returning next week and it's going to go hand in hand with the the bracket conversation so letterbox 250 isn't going anywhere if anyone was annoyed by that uh but yeah we've talked about the godfather movies before and i assume apocalypse now shows up later in the Later the other the other, the, uh, other Coppola movie, the other Coppola movies I like are The Outsiders and Dracula. Um, some like decent. Never heard of it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, The Outsiders is based on a classic um, book that a lot of people used to like read in school. It's about greasers and um, kind of out, social outcasts in this small town. And Dracula is a really campy, like '90s. Dracula movie with Gary Oldman as Dracula, uh, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves with the worst American accent. Um, 
in cinema, but it's hilarious. That's a stacked cast. Yeah. Maria is going to go get someone to eat just to update listeners. Uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty good. What's Maria's uh, vote? Is a, I think Maria already cast her vote. I think she said Garland, but I don't want to finalize okay. that until I know. Uh, pretty good in chat said uh, it, it's the same. It's history versus potential. Uh, what what do we think about that? I, are you guys voting? Well, if you guys were to vote for Garland, would it be purely for the potential? Because I that's not the case for me. No, yeah, I've watched. I, I watched. Yeah, I, I saw Annihilation twice in the theater. I just want to experience it again that way. And Ex Machina, I've watched a couple. It's a really tight script, which he's you know famous for as a screenwriter. I was but, thinking of um, buying the hardback copy of the Ex Machina script. I really love it. It's a really hmm. good example of like it's a psychological. It's so good. So it is. It's really good. Uh, so I'll, I'll be yeah. putting my vote for Garland. Yeah, me too. Same. Two for Garland. Lauren? It's unanim unanimous without. Unanimous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Three for Garland then. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola directing. <laughs> we're, we're really just gonna. We're really it. doing away with the classics here tonight. Hey, we one of the Nolan. one of the yeah one of the Tarantino. bubble yeah two of them two of them pa passed on two yeah, honorable we mentions. Threw out, we threw out Carpenter, so. Yeah, I mean, Carpenter's not really known as a great... He's a good genre director, though, so I think that's something to consider. <laughs> this Zoomer podcast. <laughs> it's true. Or... The Zoomer podcast. Yeah. Wow. Well... This is not going where I expected. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... I'm having a good time. I, I guess you could say upsets. Uh, we haven't seeded it, so there's no real way to kind of officially tell, but I, I would say an honorable mention beating out a an actual nomination would be considered an upset. Mm -hmm. I did not expect uh, Nolan to make it past discussion one. I'm not going to lie. I'm a I little bit excited, though, because I think that means that we'll get to talk about his work in a little bit more detail. And I know we've talked about mm -hmm. Interstellar um, on a previous episode, but we can kind of dive into some of our overall opinions on his filmography. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to the actual, uh, the our, our actual picks. So those are all the qualifying brackets sort of done. Uh, so yeah, onto onto the the main event, I guess that, that that was a little taste of what you can expect for the for the rest of the bracket. Uh, so we're what, only we going to get angrier. Would <laughs> you yeah, say we're going to get that's angrier? True. Yeah, we're only going to get angrier from here on out. Both Maria and my favorite directors have a chance to get so cut tonight. Ready. So, <laughs> so are, are we gonna discuss? Are we gonna discuss the, the first section? Yes, no? we're starting. We're starting at the top, and we're moving down. Like right now, I believe so. What? What do we? Yes. Unless we need a break. Okay. Oh, do we need a break? <laughs> oh, I'm I can continue. Yeah, let's keep on going. Maria, cool. do you need a break? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to leave the drink, but uh, I'll I'll go. I'll get Eddie to bring it something. To yeah. Me. Ask your oh, husband. Oh yeah. That's what he's there for. <laughs> make yes. make men's place the kitchen. <laughs> he's he's all offended. <laughs> okay. Okay. The next matchup is Park Chan Wook versus Quentin Tarantino, and Quentin Tarantino is our first kind of returning director. Uh, just. Freshly won a matchup against Linklater. 
Uh, Park Chan-wook directed The Handmaiden and Old Boy. Uh, they're just notable works. Uh, I can't talk about Park Chan-wook, even though I really want to shit on Old Boy, because uh, I don't, I didn't it come out of that experience liking it. I liked the one uh, hallway fight scene, and uh, uh, not much else, to be completely honest. I wish Oof. I could cast my vote. Two and a half, it. two and a half stars. It is, it is pretty gross. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading a review. What did I say? I remember uh, you giving said it, it was stars. pretty uninteresting and pretty gross. Gar- choreographed hallway fight scene is the best part. Uh, you, you cut out halfway through that, but I, th- I think, yeah, that, that jogs my memory. I, I called it uninteresting and gross. Uh, yeah. I like I, I like Old Boy, but The hand, Handmaiden is like a masterpiece. Yes. I hear a lot of comparisons. Lady is a... My internet is really stuffing up, guys. I don't know. I think this might be on my end because I'm not a... No, Maria Maria cut out for me as well. No? Okay, okay. okay. Oh. Go, go ahead and... Yes, go go again. Okay. Oh, I was saying that Sympathy for Lady Vengeance and Trick Streams are very good movies from him. Put those on my watch. Or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance is already on my watch list, but. Mm. Wait, who we Actually, there's oh, yeah. another one called Joint Security Area, which is about the North Korea and South Korea uh, kind of war. It's so mm-hmm. good too. And the. DMZ. If uh, Park Chan Wook makes it past his first round, I will make a note to watch those before our next discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because we can kind it's of. It's obviously he's going to win. I mean, Tarantino is a fucking child compared to him. Oh, okay. That's but my we're opinion. Talking, we're not talking about their character, we're talking about their direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but the, I think the she's movies that, uh... compare gold to shit. Mm. Wow! Oh my God! Strong words. Fighting I wish words. I had seen more of Park Chan Wook's movies to be able to accurately tell you if you're wrong or not. But judging, like, I don't know from the from the movies that you've recommended me, Maria. I can't say I have a lot of faith in like your opinion because <laughs> you shit on all of like my favorite movies and recommend me shit like Visit a Q and like. <laughs> oh, that's a that's that's a trashy movie, but it's worth it. It's perfect. Did you just say? It's trashy. Uh, it's it's trashy horror. Uh, I, I, I someone said visitor Q is Mikay though. I know. I'm I was comparing. Say, we're uh, not there yet. I know we're not there yet. We will talk about that today. But I'm talking. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't vote on this matchup. So I'm going to hope you guys make the right decision here. Uh, so much pressure. So has anyone else? Uh, can you guys all vote here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mercy? I think I I think I said my critiques or thoughts on Tarantino before, but I am gonna vote for Chan Wook. I've only seen Handmaiden, I've only seen Old Boy. Um most of his filmography is on my watch list. Um, but I love his composition, I love his transitions, um, and Handmaiden for me is a god tier film. So That's a loss for Tarantino then. So uh Lauren, what would you vote if you if yours had a Oh uh yeah, fourteen-year-old me would be very upset if I didn't vote Tarantino. I I, I like Park Chan Wook a lot. Um, the only other movie besides this big two I've seen is Stoker, which was a little lackluster, but um, very stylish. I I just Tar- Tarantino has so much fun making his movies. 
and I have fun watching him, but mm. it sounds like he's 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 gone. Either way. Right, so, well, he, gets, uh, he, gets, he gets my vote, but he's he's not lasting <laughs> past this round. Hey, stick to what you feel strongly about because I did that with Link later and I have no regrets, so mm -hmm. Yeah, and where's Link later now? Well, okay. You know what? <laughs> this is irrelevant. Alright. <laughs> no, that was needless. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so that's uh that's... When doing the right thing doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a win and then a loss for Tarantino. 2-1 to Chan Wook. It's just a difference of directing. It's. I mean, again, it comes down to, we said this at the beginning, It effectively in some circumstances it's just going to be personal preference. Like, I'm not going to say that Tarantino is a bad director, but I don't prefer his style personally. So, I don't know. I don't know if other people feel that way, but I vote with my heart. Let's move on to... Yeah. I this agree. one has the potential to crush Mercy's heart, but uh, Darren Aronofsky versus the Coen brothers. Uh, who do we want to start with? Do we want to start with uh, Aronofsky? Sure. We can... I... I for it, Roz. Hmm. I'm, uh, someone else go. I'm trying to build my thoughts. Um, well, Darinovsky was my number one pick for the bracket, so I can speak to him. Uh, I have not seen all of his films, but I've seen Black Swan, which is one of my favorite films of all time, Requiem of a Dream, uh, For a Dream, and then Mother and Noah. So I haven't seen Pi, I haven't seen The Fountain, um, I haven't seen The Wrestler, a couple of others, but he very, does very super... Very, excited for the whale. Yes. I, I, I just love Aronofsky. Um, he kind of specializes in, I guess, psychological horror would be how I would describe it. Um, he does visceral, visual, um, atmospheric pieces, and then a lot of emphasis on melodramatics, on the surreal, and yeah, he does a lot of alternating between uh, super intimate close-ups and full center framing wide shots. Um, that's kind of my very weak overview of his work but I yeah especially like... the emphasis on psychological horror mm -hmm. i just wanted to say he's mastered like the medium shot um mm. mother is shot entirely like medium kind of close-ups of characters just tracks them around a house yeah I wish the sound design I... in requiem is fantastic oh i, I fucking love yeah Anything audio-wise in Requiem is really good. I, I like the score as well. It's probably one of my favorite scores of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, his uh, films... Okay. I thought I disconnected for a second. <laughs> his films really focus on kind of mental disturbia and mental health, especially I think Black Swan and Requiem have that a lot, and Mother as well. Um, and especially in the depictions of female characters, which I love, I think it's very difficult to find a male director who writes female characters well, um, and surprisingly is authentic to the lived experience of a woman. And I think he's captured that in a lot of his leads. Mm -hmm. Should we speak to the Coen brothers? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. As I probably like No Country for Old Men in equal magnitude to how much I like Requiem for a Dream, but for like completely different reasons. Uh, Requiem for a Dream is personal to me, but I like No Country for All Men as a really good movie. Like, I 
that's that I, I don't rewatch movies a ton but that's one of the movies i'll probably go back to just because it's really entertaining and especially bardem's character uh he's just really compelling and i think i i read a a study from psychologists who like ranked a bunch of different psychopaths uh, and their depictions in film yeah and, and they determined that bardem, uh, bardem's character I, th- I think his name is like anton sugar sugar or sugar mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his was the most accurate depiction of a psychopath in in film that they analyzed, uh, which I, I, I think is really interesting and adds a, you know, it's just another thing you can call upon to kind of compliment No Country for Old Men. There's just so much mm-hmm. about it that works, and uh, Fargo is really good as well. Fargo and Inside Lewin Davis are tied for my favorites by them, um, mm. with like. Oh brother, where art thou? And a and a close third. Um, first movie to use digital color grading, um, and it uses it really, really effectively. Um, really good cast, very funny. But my my vote goes to the Coen Brothers. They're they're such a like powerhouse of um of a team. One thing I will say is that I don't like the comedy of the Coen Brothers. Uh, Big Lebowski is biggest example of this i don't really like that movie but uh in, the little bits of comedy in fire don't really work that well for me either uh, have you seen raising arizona no i've only seen those three i've only seen lebowski fargo mm. and no country but uh nicholas cage is hilarious in that movie yeah it's about this kind of uh poor couple who kidnap um uh rich senators baby because they have like four kids i think quadruplets and uh they just take one very comical uh i mean i'll add it to the list uh and and i may end up watching it really soon depending on whether or not they win in the next two minutes yeah maria what's your vote um Easy to multitask. Oh, this is an easy one. This this is so easy. Uh, the Coen Brothers are way better than Aronofsky. Okay. It's simply because um, the the their films seem to be much more founded with more background and ambition than Aronofsky. I mean, I I I love Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, Mother, The Fountain, Pad. Hi, I'm sorry, but there I don't know. There, there's something that is missing there that I don't quite know what it is. And from all the films I've seen from the Coen Brothers, which is like a lot, <laughs> I think uh, I enjoyed it more because uh, they they are simple films about simple stuff, but made them made made. Them, made uh, to to be enjoyed with friends <laughs> i'll be i don't know that's don't... valid i mean they they subvert and parody a lot of different genres and styles and i understand that that's a super enjoyable way to see a film i actually rowan i agree with you their humor doesn't land for me um i don't mm-hmm. have an explanation for that it's just not i've seen the big lebowski i've seen no country, Lewin Davis, O oh Brother, um, none of them really stick for me. Um, but I think they're great. Their character development is great, and I love like their genre fusion. I don't really have anything more to say about either director. I've kind of I, I don't really 
pay attention to their to their works very much. I don't know. I, I, I find that their movies work better as sort of background movies. Uh, but I'll, I'll be voting for If you it. had to vote. Hmm? Uh, yeah, no. If you I, had... I'm getting around to it. I, I just, I'm just building my excuse to not have to talk anymore about them. Uh, I'll be voting for Aronofsky. Same. <laughs> to the surprise of everyone. Back to the back to the audience. Oh, that's a tie. Isn't it? Oh, I will set it up. What's the? Okay, so that, I... it's me and Mercy voting Aronofsky, and then the other uh, other two, Lauren and Maria, voted uh, Cohen. So. Uh, Let's see what everyone's pretty, saying. Pretty, pretty good oh. has said that he will not dignify this with a vote. So. We, we need your vote. Yeah, you I I need your vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Why, why do you put some such uh, hard emojis to find? I don't know where the sprinkles are. Sprinkles. Sparkles. sparkles. Sprinkles. Oh, that, that's that thing. Oh, fucking oh. English. <laughs> It should be noted, though, No Country for Old Men is absolutely exceptional. It is a masterpiece. By far my favorite film from them. Oh, I don't Hail know. Caesar is so good, too. It's very funny, and the soundtrack is amazing. Wouldn't it be funnier if, like, uh, for the for the ties, instead of doing an audience vote, we just had to try and convince someone to swap votes? Uh, it can be forever. That would be a while, but... I don't know. I feel like that might be funner, but we we can maybe we can do that in the in the later round because we we have so many directors right now that we need to go. Uh, That's probably yes, a good point. Okay, yeah. so last call to vote. Uh... We have two for the Cohen brothers. Disappointing, but respected. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, it looks like the Cohen brothers. Uh took that i mean pretty, Damn pretty good <laughs> is voting for the coen brothers to i'm so mad give. i was so personally attached to both of these that's good that's definitely a that's decent a, that's a um, pairing it's well yeah the if, if there's a tie that's a pretty good indication that it we we haven't matched them up in a, in a way that uh allows for easy elimination well, they were randomly paired up, but... Well, worked. I mean, we haven't... Uh, <laughs> goes to show that they're, a lot of the... Just on average, they're kind of relatively equal quality. And our job yeah. is to kind of filter which ones are the best. I don't know. Mm. We're saying that, and, and we, you know, eliminated... Francis Ford Coppola, who's one of the most acclaimed Respected directors, of, directors all time. of all time. So I don't know what to say to that. Okay, uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen won three, uh, three to two, against Darren Aronofsky. That is a shame, I think. But moving on, how many have we got left? I think we got one, two, three, four. We got five left. So we're more, we're more than halfway through. Look at us go. Mm-hmm. Some of the best pairings to come, too. There's a couple of good ones in yeah, there. Yeah, this next one, I'm ready to rant. All right, John Huston versus uh, Takashi Miike. Uh, neither of these are kind of very much in the in the public eye. Uh, John Huston has directed some uh, some respected movies, the, the Maltese Falcon and 
the African Queen and the old Annie from the 80s and the treasure of the Sierra Madre or I don't know how to... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, th- that is put against Akashi Miike who has directed nothing that is of any value whatsoever. What? Uh, what an what? intro. What are you saying? I, I want to hear your defense. Takashi Mike Takashi has so many stuff. I, I didn't Even say they didn't more have... relevant. No, I said n- no good stuff. Ooh, that's a strong claim against Huston? Houston? I actually don't Houston. know. Yeah. Me- are, because, you, are you calling... Me- are you saying that directed movies? Okay, Maria, you have to... Uh, no, so John Huston, he is a director of Houston. almost like 50... Houston, sorry. A director, like almost 50 years of material. And a lot of his films absolutely set a standard for their genre. Like he was a pioneer in so many ways for his era. And so for me, it's tough to vote for an extremist director who mm-hmm. I also am not a big fan of Nikkei over someone who absolutely defined the genres that you know the participated you know do you know how many of takashi miki films are in the most uh weird and fucked up movies ever how that's not positive i don't know yeah i don't know that that necessarily qualifies him as skilled though just because i mean if this was a competition of which director was the most weird and fucked up then that would that would probably be a positive because i would say the the same thing for von trier where just because something is extremist doesn't necessarily make it high quality i mean it does go to show how wildly out out like movie tastes diverge uh but yeah i have nothing positive to say about uh mikay but i have a lot of negatives so we can get into that uh, I, I don't think you have to. I think the I mean, the vote the vote might be decided. Mean... I I haven't seen any Mike. Um, uh, saw the Maltese Falcon, and I watched the Annie a long time ago, and I didn't like it. I mean, Josh so Houston. I, I don't. I don't get a vote. But Takashi Miike, he's not afraid afraid of anything. Like if you have only seen two. Of- films but yes. if you watch more he's not afraid to do whatever like his films are so weird and has so many um cinema techniques like C- cgi but like very weird and and he's not afraid to experiment and i like that on direction you know where directors are not afraid to try stuff just because uh, they will be judged or whatever, so they, that makes him very authentic, and I think I would, that's very. I powerful. think something like Visitor Q proves that just because you're very experimental doesn't mean that you should be given a platform to experiment with. Fuck Visitor Q. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! The only way you There's can come out of that John, movie enjoying it is John as a meme. Huston. Uh, Huston Houston. I can't even. It's like Texas. <laughs> Houston. Okay, that'll help me remember. Fantastic. He also, a lot of his early works, he would actually individually, like, visually sketch out the scenes on paper he worked to frame the characters on set. Like, so much of his work was him pouring his heart and soul into every single minute detail. So, 
again, I would argue, I I think that he's reinvented just the detective melodrama, gosh, war, colonialism, so many themes that he was attempting to tackle for his era. And again, over the course of almost 50 years, I think his he was... Gosh, I don't remember when he died. I think the 80s, but I think he has like 40, 45 years of experience. And any any so racist. Uh, and Treasure of the Sierra Madre is so racist yeah, too. Yeah, okay. I I can kind of see that. I was I was kind of cringing during a, a few of those scenes. I think most of cuz I watched Treasure of the Sierra Madre as one of as part of my homework for this podcast and uh I really enjoyed it, but yeah, I was wondering what you were going to say about that, Maria, because the, 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 yeah, the, it's racist. they walk around wearing sombreros and uh, mm, it's okay. It, and Takashi Mike specializes in brutal yeah, okay, murders yeah. and rapes of women. So if we're going to get Mike. to the morality, <laughs> no, I'm serious. If we're going to talk about the morality of content, then we need to do that for all directors across the board. Cause we can do that. No, about I'm Lazarus saying I don't Manchester. support him. I'm not supporting him because he makes that. Not because, you know, he's racist, because he can be racist and I don't give a fuck. But I don't I don't want to support him because he's like that. Of those movies I've seen. Like Ross is, is saying that he hates Takashi Miki only because of Visitor Q. I'm saying that That's I hate Josh Houston just because of uh, Sierra Madre, whatever. I'm not saying I like I, I hate the director because I like i didn't like that one movie like i'm not i mean it doesn't help that visitor q was like one of the two movies that heavily featured like incest that i watched this week <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't fucking contribute but at the same time but it gives you an idea i didn't like the other it's i don't know how i hmm i i, I need i need to word this in a way that doesn't just sound like what uh, pretty 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 good just said in chat. Mike offers nothing of value. Uh, like the his probably his arguably his most respected movie is probably Audition, right? Like people tend to point yeah. at that as like that that one's alright. It's not. I think it's his most well known. I don't know if it's his most re well respected, but definitely I think it's the that go to under first his name. half or, or thirteen assassins want. actually. If you're into like torture porn movies, like, I, whatever. But you can't excuse that first half. The Human Centipede has the same quality of writing as that first half. Love how we what? always bring up the Human Centipede whenever we're talking about the gross and disturbing. Because it's, it's, our a, go good, it's a good, it's a good go-to example. It's a... No, Ross is just too white. That's not a. That's not <laughs> fair. Like me being white has nothing to do with how good the writing is in the first that's that's got nothing to do with like foreign <laughs> cinema i just don't like the dialogue or the character motivations i get it's a satire but it's a poorly written satire and it's fucking gross i'll be obviously yep. voting for john houston i haven't seen 13 assassins so i can't comment on that tito um I'm also voting for John Houston. I think I've defended no. that here. <laughs> Sorry, Maria. I just, yeah. I've got more to say about John Houston, but I want, I want to save that uh, possibly we'll save for it, later. Cause he's, it sounds like he's going to be around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
No, what? How? Because Lauren, Lauren's get not vote. voting. Oh. Sorry, Maria. Yeah. Sorry, Maria. Oh, Lauren. Hey, I, let you down. I lost Linklater and Aronofsky. You gotta lose one too. I'm not the only one suffering today. Yeah. All 17 of your directors can't make it to the final, <laughs> final setup. I honestly can't see how you expected. You know what? Like, I, with the I want to ban everyone. <laughs> I will shut down the server. That's I will it. it is your empire. This, this is the final episode of the Watch and Wine podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck the bracket. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> Next controversial matchup. Yeah. All right. Is, is Lars versus Asta next? Please tell I me. I was going to say yes. it is. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is a really, really good matchup. It's Ari Asta, director of Hereditary, Midsummer, and a ton of horror short films versus Lars von Trier. Uh, a very. Uh, Controversial. Yeah, dare we say. you could say controversial. Yeah. Uh, another kind of extremist. Super, yeah, people have super um, polarized opinions mm. of this of, or of his work. People he, who he like. Was, mm. I just wanted to mention he was part of the really influential. Uh, what's it called? Dog. Dogville. Oh, Dogma Seventy Five. No, no, yeah, Dogma Seventy Five. Uh huh. So, um, very minimal like production and they have all these rules they they made up like no tripod um everything all, all effects have to be you know done in camera if possible um anyway i i, I don't think he, he gets quite enough credit um because that style is is just influential to some extent i've only seen uh, a handful of his movies, but... Yeah, this is an interesting parry. Oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, controversial content aside, I I really dislike uh, the cinematography in Lars von Trier movies. Uh, in Melancholia, or Melanc Melancholia, I think that's how you pronounce the word. I, I don't know, I don't use it very often. But anyways, uh, I noticed that the camera work is very... It's not stable, and it just kind of zooms around... I don't know, it just felt like a fucking amateur work, and I get it was probably intentional, but then it you know, I just shrugged it off as an artistic choice, but then it happened again in fucking Antichrist, I'm like, can you just like, settle it, for a minute it's in, it's in every movie, seriously um, yeah the that's annoying <laughs> it, no, I think it I think it that... worked, I, yeah Every movie it. feels very natural to me. Um, I mean, yeah, feels like an episode of the little, Yeah, sometimes it's a little distracting. Like, oh, I know there's someone behind the camera, but other times I get so invested in just like minor conversations. The last movie I saw from him was Dancer in the Dark, um, mm. which is kind of all over the place, but very grounded. Um, I will say it works even, better. Even, in... even for. Go ahead. Sorry, I I don't want to keep interrupting people. I didn't... Sorry, I was gonna say I I will say it works better in uh, in Antichrist than it does in Melan Melancholia because I feel like Antichrist is designed to be more of an intimate experience, uh, and I, I feel mean, like the handheld works better. Go thanks right. to Lars von Trier uh, that he created Dogma ninety five. 
uh, movies like The Celebration could happen. And The Celebration was made by Thomas Winterberg, who also made The Hunt and Another Round. So Lars von Trier has inspired so many people, like especially in the Slovia- Slovakia uh, part of the world, to, you know, make films with uh, this kind of low-budget system that encourages to have a more solid story. And I think that's very impressive. Yeah, this is a weird one for me because Ari Aster is in some ways so new, I guess, to filmmaking. Um, I really love Midsummer and I really love Hereditary. Um, and I also those short films, which I think a couple of them are on YouTube if you haven't checked out um, yeah, any of his shorts. But it's that's tough to compare him against Von Cheer, who's been around a lot um, and who is very extreme and bold and i if we're gonna argue him against Mika in terms of extremist content i think lars venture is not afraid to take risks with his filmmaking see i th- but that's so difference. good that's this so is- good because you know ari aster is so new and i mean he's very good i totally love the hereditary it's one of my favorite horror movies but, you know, you cannot compare him to his dad, you know, because the dad, Blas Frontier, he created horror in a horror in a whole new way uh, to experience. And I think yeah. we cannot compare them uh, fairly because Lars Frontier is still winning because he's still the house that Jack built was released like, I don't know, two years ago. And it was a total banger. And Ari Aster is still doing, you know, stuff, which I I think he will be so good, maybe as good as Lars Montier, but he's not yet. So I cannot uh, vote for him now. Yeah, he's filming, um, is it with Joaquin Phoenix? I think it's Disappointment Boulevard or something, which should be out in the next year or two right now. So he's definitely Very making, hype. yeah, he's making some exciting stuff. Yeah, I, I really love. Uh, when was Hereditary released? Twenty eight. Twenty eighteen or twenty sixteen? Don't do not quote me. <laughs> okay, I think you might be right. I think it is. I know. I know it, it was his first, right? Because Hereditary debuted before yeah. Midsummer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of uh, kind of solid directed debuts around the same time. Same time, you had uh, Jordan Peele and the Vavitch, sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. around the same time period and, and they went on to have sort of successful follow-ups with the lighthouse us and midsummer uh, uh speaking of uh midsummer th- th- that's probably one of my favorite horror movies of all time i really like uh background details in horror movies when it, when it's when there's something to kind of be creeped out at the second time you watch it uh like in in it in the background of the library scene, it's like a librarian that's fucking watching the kid when he, when he's researching Pennywise, and uh, it, there's a lot of that shit in Midsummer, which I really appreciate. It really goes a like a long way in really putting you in the in the headspace of the of the protagonist. Uh, yeah, he he does he does that very well. He he puts you in he puts you in the the headspace of the protagonist. Whether it be uh, Tony Collette or uh, Black Widow, what's Lawrence name? Pugh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm voting for Aster. I'm a huge Aster fanboy. Um, I 
I think he's mastered like domestic horror already and the really complicated and messy emotions that come along with like being part of a family or being in an abusive relationship. Um, and the style in Midsummer is absolutely sublime. Um, it really gets you in that culty, culty mindset where you kind of want to stay, but it's also terrifying um, what you're witnessing. I feel like uh, Ariasa has. I, I guess you could call his work like very. To to a smaller degree than Lars and obviously, uh, obviously Mike. Uh, it it's very kind of extremist stuff as well. Like especially in the endings of both films, like they're both kind of fucked in their own respect. Uh, I feel like that's the the right way to do it, where you can actually build a film around it and have that not just be shock value but actually actually kind of con contribute to the story rather than just show disgusting images and just pretend that you're really artsy and stuff not saying that like there's zero merit to stuff that Lars von Trier has done but uh I, I, I from the stuff I've seen it feels just really immature you know no, I think I think uh, you need to explore more of his films because he's. If you're only basing your opinion on Melancholia and Antichrist, that's not Lars von. Uh, you know, he has way more stuff like Dogpill, Dancing in the Dark, Breaking the Waves, Europa. Uh, it's so good, and you will realize that the cinematography that he uses there, it's so. Um, he doesn't need a big production to make good films, you know? And that's what I think it makes a good director because he doesn't rely on production uh, editings. He relies only on his camera and the script that he has, and that's it. And maybe there are some more uh, produced movies like Antichrist or The House of Jack Built, but still, all his other films are very... Um, era changing for the cinema you make a good case and i'm gonna and because of that i'm, I'm gonna watch probably more of uh more of his films which ones did you recommend so i can like add them to my list you should, should, you should uh try breaking the wave uh dogville and um europa yeah that's a good one yeah. too black and black and white movie that maria actually likes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah anyways uh, i'm excited to see the i'm excited to see the kingdom that the synopsis just really fascinates oh, me oh i can stream it though I, I have it i haven't watched it i i've been postponing it but i have it mm. i'll be voting for we can, we, we can watch it what's everyone else voting maria's von trier are you sure? I thought I thought you were gonna vote for Asta for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made me doubt. Well, God, I'm voting for Lars von Trier, obviously. I'm I'm so drunk. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll, I'll make her translate your sarcasm. Uh, I um. Does that make me a tiebreaker? Oh no. Yes. Uh... Wait, Lauren, what did you... you... I'm voting Ari Aster. Okay. 
I'm going to make it controversial, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm actually going to vote Von Cher um, and make it a tie. Audience vote. Uh, I absolutely love Aster, but I do agree that in all of the ways that he might be a bit smug and self-indulgent, I think Cher has a very creative eye, and I do think that he's innovating the horror genre in new and unexpected and truly terrifying ways. Yeah, he creeped me out. Like, he's the only one who has given me nightmares with a horror movie. I, I wouldn't yeah, be unhappy so if Lars moved forward because I did enjoy Melancholia and I, I want to watch some of Some of his scenes are uh, pretty scarred in my mind, so. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> we were streaming Antichrist right before this um, and Rowan saw it for the first time, so. That was fun. All right. Well, that's a two, three our, for yeah, four five listeners voted. Mm-hmm. So last is moving forward. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure Josh would undeniably vote Lars von Trier as well. I yeah. would agree with that. I do think, I mean, like we said, I think Ari Aster has some really fantastic work to come, and I'm excited to see him do more in horror. I'm even excited for more Lars von Trier. Von Trier it is. Wow. Yeah, the the good thing about this result is that I've already kind of seen everything that I probably would have seen from Ariasta, but uh, with Lars von Trier, mm-hmm. I, I get to kind of... I have the chance to kind of build my opinion on him, so... Yeah, me too. Oh, wait, shit. I accidentally... Bro, I panicked for a second. I put... Takashi Mike as the as the winner instead of Houston, and I, I was just about to say the next matchup is uh, Mike versus Von Trier, <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ne- that'll be uh, John Houston versus Lars Von Trier. Mm-hmm. Very very oppositional directors. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh, and also, uh, it'll be Park Chan Wook versus Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, when we get when we get around to round two, they made the top thirty-two. Uh, so, next one should be pretty easy. I don't know if we have to spend too much time on it. Uh, that's it sounded sarcastic, but uh, Sofia Coppola versus Hayao Miyazaki. I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Is anyone Is here going to make a case for <laughs> Sofia Coppola? <laughs> I I mean, I think she she was on my list. I think she mm-hmm. deserves a spot on this list, honestly, because she has very uh, feminine sedentary, like the quintessentially feminine director and style. Um, yeah, her sense of fashion and I think the way that she explores like rites of passage and privilege are really interesting themes, um, specifically in Marie Antoinette and The Bling Ring. Um, the Virgin Suicides is great. I think she's due a little bit more in that coming-of-age vein, which is super fascinating. Um, and just, like, the naivety of these characters and the situations that they're put in. So that's yeah, my... I, yeah, I really don't like yeah. I agree with you, because I think I'm going to vote for her just because, uh, you know, I'm a woman and she makes very good stuff, but not because I love her or anything. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't really like her movies... I don't. I feel bad saying that because she's got pretty popular stuff, and people tend to give her a lot of praise, which I don't really see where it comes from. I think Lost in Translation is highly overrated and pretty racist, 
and uh, Marie Antoinette is boring for like a large portion of it, and the characters are just really unlikable. I, I don't know. Is unlikable a word? Maybe it's dislikable. But uh, anyways, yeah, I'll be voting for even though I heavily dislike Spirited Away. Oh, I don't have actually. That's a lie. I don't heavily dislike it, but. I don't like it. I don't like it as much as everyone else. I think Spirited Away is really overrated as well. Uh, what oh, I'm trying no. to say is, I'm voting oh, for Miyazaki. A... We don't accept a Spirited Away hatred. We are, that's not hatred. Server. That's not hatred. <laughs> that's saying it is not a ten out of ten. It's it's good. Okay, I'll give it that. When we rewatched it, like literally the last episode. I know, we did a deep dive I into it pretty much. So. explained that it's not a hatred, okay? And, and I think Ponyo is cute. Th th those are my two that I've seen to kind of give me the, the right to vote for this one. It's Miyazaki for me. What about you guys? Any Anyone voting Coppola? Yeah, I am. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, Maria said she is. Um, Someone I'm not him? voting. I'm not voting Coppola over Miyazaki, um... I'm not gonna make that argument. I I love Miyazaki's exploration of female characters. I love <laughs> just the way that he's brought Ghibli has reinvented animation in so many ways, especially the way that it explores nature, um, depictions of gosh, food and humanity. So I'm not gonna make that argument of Coppola over him. That's two versus one for. Miyazaki, Lauren, are you going to vote? Lauren's muted right now. I don't know if he's busy. Yeah, I'm. I'm voting for Miyazaki. I like um, Marie Antoinette a lot, and a couple of couple of other movies are decent, but Miyazaki is just like the best animated director ever, in my opinion, right now. And Eaton's Delivery Service uh, is one of my like all time favorite movies. So this is good because it gives me an excuse to watch totoro with maddie which i was planning to but didn't get around to there, there was a couple that i missed i didn't get around to watching bound as well for the for the wachowskis but uh yeah i get to do that next wait actually did the wachowskis win i think they lost they lost yeah, yeah. i think no oh, one moved on shit okay well i'll watch it anyways because you guys have put praise on bound uh so anyway that's one for coppola and three for hayao miyazaki Okay, uh, moving onwards to verse the winner of James Cameron and Martin Scorsese. Uh, the, the, I feel like these are the first two mainstream directors that uh, that were nominated and aren't honorable mentions, unless I'm mistaken. Tarantino and Nolan are pretty quote-unquote mainstream. Yeah, but they're uh, honorable mentions. Oh, oh I got you. Uh, yeah, so... Me and Mercy were having a debate on, uh, I, I guess, the iconicness of James Cameron in comparison to in, in comparison to Scorsese. I think you said something like, uh, "James Cameron can never win against Martin Scorsese because Scorsese is way more iconic," which I think is pretty funny given that James Cameron probably probably is one of the most famous directors of all time and has directed some really really solid. Scorsese is one of the most critically acclaimed directors all time. So even if Cameron has more box office success, which might arguably be the case, so if we're if we're arguing in terms of reception, that's I mean that's what I'm comparing them to. But yeah, I I, I can't argue against Scorsese. Fuck. But 
my argument's mainly going to be that James Cameron isn't bad. I, I, it's really hard to argue against Scorsese. Terminator 2, Aliens... Uh, Percentage-wise, James Cameron has had more hits than misses. And I know you don't agree with me because you've got a bad taste in your mouth from the bad choices that you made in your film watching. Because if, if I was to give you... When, when we were doing homework... Uh, for this podcast, aka watching movies, to kind of have a fair idea of the directors. Uh, mm. I told Mercy to watch Terminator 2, because that's, I think, pretty universally considered his best. Uh, it's one of the greatest... It, it is one of, if not the greatest action movie of all time. Uh, but she didn't watch that. She had seen Avatar... And then she decided to watch Aliens, and I'm so disappointed because you don't. You, you, mm. I'm just disappointed. You know, I feel like James Cameron should have had more of a shot here. I mean, that's fair. I, for me personally, I have not seen enough of James Cameron's body of work outside of two films, so it is tough for me to argue. Of course, even against. outside of this bracket, of work. I would recommend you go and watch the Terminator movies just so you have that under your belt not only are they iconic and talked about all the time uh, that was a notification on my computer sorry all listeners watching in the future <laughs> but uh yeah not not only are they frequently talked about they are probably the, you can terminator 2 at least is probably one of the most perfect action movies and terminator is pretty great so scorsese is um... my vote Lauren or Maria, do you want to weigh in either direction? I'm not the biggest Scorsese fan, but it's undeniable. His body of work is like pretty respectable. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Cameron except for his big kind of blockbuster hits, which I liked, but I would rather, you know, Rewatch some of my favorite Scorsese movies over those. So, um, Scorsese. Yeah, me too. I I, ha- I only love Titanic. It's my favorite movie. But Scorsese has more stuff. I feel like Titanic yeah. is both overrated and underrated. Like, the people who love it, love it so hard. And... Me. <laughs> <laughs> I cry every time. It's I can imagine anger. that. It seems like a very. It was a cult. Movie. It was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. Yeah, but people who people who love it think it's the best piece of cinema to ever exist, and people who don't like it, I think, shit on it too harshly. I mean, yeah, that, that's all I've really got to say on that. I think Titanic is a solid, like a strong seven, if not an eight. But it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a ten, and it's not a five. <laughs> yeah, well, both for Martin Scorsese. I I watched Taxi Driver for the first time the other day. Did you? I have still not oh. seen it. It so. was the last movie that I had to watch to kind of complete all of the. Okay, you know, on Letterboxd, how you can go to the most popular movies of all time, and it'll come up with like, uh, you know all of the most watched stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was the last movie on that front page that I had to see to have seen everything on that 
first tab. So on, on the letterbox front page, I've now seen everything, which was, I don't know, a nice little accomplishment for me. I've been working through that for a while. So four votes for Scorsese. I think he moves forward. Anyways, uh, so for our final matchup, uh, I just, unfortunately, this one's going to be probably really easy as well. Uh, but PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson, versus Martin McDonough, who directed a couple of nice little movies. Uh, three billboards outside my... Um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, I think is the title. And Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, I think that's how you... I don't know how to pronounce that title. In Bruges. In Bruges, thank you. I always get that wrong. People correct me on it. Uh, how much of McDonough did you end up seeing, Mercy? I know you saw In Bruges, but I don't know. Yeah, just In Bruges. Uh, in Bruges? In Bruges. <laughs> and uh, Three Billboards. Okay, yeah. what did you think of Three Billboards? Tell me you liked it. Oh, I did. I did not enjoy it. Fuck. I did not enjoy it at all. Fuck. It's, a it's, it's another apparently um, polarizing film, which I didn't know when I watched it that so many people were very anti and so many people were supportive. People don't like it. Why? Um. Well, I think it's there's boring. a lot of reasons. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? It, I think it's incredibly it's reductive. I think you said it's it gory. To... Oh, it is boring, and it's incredibly reductive when it comes to, you know, r race relations and politics, yeah. and um, really condenses what I think's a complicated and interested hi history into kind of caricatures of like, here's a racist cop, mm -hmm. here's a not racist lady, but she uses the N word, like. Wait, what are we talking about? Three billboards. Three, three billboards, billboards. Yeah. How? I don't remember anything about that. I thought it was. It's a. It's a movie that, you know, tries to center. Um, race relations at, in, in a in a movie full of white people and full of, um, pretty liberal takes on. Yeah. I'm not even gonna um, lie. I don't remember anything to do with racism in that movie. All I remember is like, the the central kind of sexual assault storyline. And the the Woody Harrelson mm -hmm. stuff. I, what was Sam Rockwell's character Jason Dixon? Um, oh, off, off, yeah. Off, off screen, uh, brutalized uh, someone he was arresting, who was black. Kind of his his like history. I like, vaguely remember. Ah, there's a line where he's like, "How's it going? You kill any more n words?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't remember enough yeah. to defend that. It's also for me, it's one of those films that tries to pack, I mean, Lauren, you basically said this, but it tries to pack a lot of really serious and important social and political issues without actually centering the narrative of the people who those issues affect the most. And that's really frustrating because I think especially, I mean, yeah, this is a film about the rape of a young woman um and it has a lot of opportunity there to explore the um and how that affects communities and the police response lots of things and it it doesn't do it yeah what, what did you guys think of uh seven psychopaths i know marie you recommended me that for roulette one week and i i really liked it i thought it was pretty funny <laughs> and uh, you know pretty unique as far as comedy movies go yeah, I liked it. It was very funny and witty. Uh, yeah, I think it was and... a bit of a like a joke on 
uh, like thrillers, like crime thrillers, like with a uh, especially with Rockwell's character. I don't, I, I don't want to spoil it because it's a it's a funny part of the movie. Oh, I but, don't uh, remember that. Uh, uh, I'm gonna try and see if I can remind you without spoiling it. Um, it's okay. I probably won't remember. I watched it like a lot, a lot long ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, my, uh, Sam Rockwell is pretty solid. Has anyone else seen Seven Psychopaths? I recommend you watch it if you haven't. I, I, I doubt he's moving for forward. A while. Yeah. It's pretty funny, and I like meta meta films and, you know, movies that kind of play with the fact that, you know, they're about a movie or, um, yeah, the main character is a screenwriter, so he kind of just plops himself or gets gets sucked into the la la crime world but um in bruges is his most worthwhile movie in my opinion um i think it's really funny and um captures that dark dark humor yeah i was just about to say does anyone have any like n negative things to say about pda but i just realized i do i, I don't like pda really well, I don't... How? Okay, okay. Let me back that up. I... he With a lot of directors I don't like, like, for, I, I can't really understand how people would... uh Like, with Hayao Miyazaki, for example, I don't understand how anyone finds Spirited Away, like, that magical... You know, and a lot of his movies just seem really boring to me. But uh, PDA, I can I can definitely see the merit. A, a lot of the things I dislike about him is just personal preference, just because of his aesthetics. Like his color palettes seem really uh, like drab, and I I don't like a lot of his characters, which makes for a, just personally just not a very fun watching experience. Uh, the only one I would say I truly like of his is uh, Phantom Thread. Which I, I I enjoyed. I didn't like There Will Be Blood. I really, especially, did not An like incredibly the incredibly vivid movie. I want to say, even though you said he has drab color 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 palettes, There Will Be Blood is like amazing to look at. No, it's not. Mm, okay, that was one of the things I was thinking of when I said it was drab. It's just beige. The movie. There's, okay, I mean, feel free to chime in with disagree. I'm trying to be controversial here. Someone, I, I, I think there's some incredible like screen caps from that movie. Um, what's his name? Deacons. No, I thought Roger Deacons did that, but um, he did. I must. No, he didn't. Not there will be blood. Uh yeah, no, I'm getting confused because he lost to there will be blood. Mm -hmm. He lost the Oscar. I personally like The Master and Boogie Nights a lot too. I I, I really like uh, the characters that he really digs into. Not not super likable, but um, Freddy from The Master is, is sympathetic. Um, just kind of this. Is that the Joaquin Phoenix guy? Mm -hmm. He's so annoying though. I, uh, how can you watch that and be entertained though? I. I don't know. I'm not going to judge anyone who likes the master and stuff, well, but it's... There's a pretty pretty heavy history, and obviously 
faced some challenges in his life leading up to the beginning of the film. Yeah, I my 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 vote goes. Um, you cut out. What, what did you say? Sorry, my vote goes to PT. I think he's incredibly visionary, and Punch Drunk Love is another one that is not at all drab, like pretty mundane uh, events, but pr uses primary colors in in the best way. Uh, I can't see PDA not moving forward but i'm just going to throw a bone to martin mcdonough that that's going to mm -hmm. be my vote i can i honestly can see like the merit to paul thomas anderson as opposed to some of the other directors that i've voted against i think i think pta is is one of those few directors who i have been in his filmography mm. so seeing all his films i can see like this uh um, how do you say how do you say when something happens and happens and happens recurrency repetitive repeats but yeah like repetitive but in a good way episodic well i can see his the consistency yeah. in yeah. his work and i like that and i mean i'm not a huge fan but i can totally say that Films like Boogie Nights is one of my favorite films. And it's yeah. very, very w much worth the, 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 the view just because of the experience. Uh, so my vote will go to Paul Thomas Anderson as well. You've only seen two of PTA's works. Um, so I'm actually excited to watch a lot more of his because I've seen Punch Drunk um, and I've seen Magnolia and both are, in my opinion, beautiful explorations of humanity and just the intersection of relationships and how with one another. So I'm excited to see more of his work. And I personally didn't emotionally connect to either of the Mark McDonald films I saw this week. So. Mm. Just from the movies I, I, get, I know you enjoy. Uh, sorry, Lauren, if you want to go. I was. I, oh, I was going to say another prediction about what. Just based on Mercy's taste, I, I think you're really going to dig Phantom Thread. That's exactly That's, what I was going to say. Yeah, incredibly stylish and like the, the, the story is really, really exquisite. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we both kind of had that exact same mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Watch I hope Phantom that votes well. It gives me more reason to watch his filmography, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah, now I've got an excuse to watch more PTA, which is good. He's going to be moving forward. Uh, so that's 3-1, I think. Am I the only one who voted McDonough? I think so. Yeah, fuck yeah. you guys. <laughs> uh, damn. Okay, I just realized we're one-off for from having a... I should have just included Shyama and Spike Lee that matchup is like uh, part of this episode because then that would have been a, a neat little bow to tie it up because that would be the entire kind of quarter of the bracket has has everyone here seen maybe we can just do that now but I, I don't know do we want to do that now has that does anyone here feel confident they can uh do that matchup Spike Lee and Shyama I'll, I'll take that as a no um have I disconnected? Can you guys hear me? Okay, I'm going to assume I'm... Can you guys hear me, yes or no? 
My internet disconnected. I mean, I guess, welcome to the Rowan podcast, where all my opinions are 100% irrefutable and uh, completely 100% correct uh, when, when no one is here to kind of interrupt me or tell me how wrong I am without proper justification or anything. If, like, you know, even why would they, you know, when I'm correct anyways, uh, you would think, but no, you know, they just have to interject. Okay, others should be arriving again in three-ish, two, one, maybe. We're gonna oh. lose all the episodes. Don't say that. I'm back. He's back in already. I'm back. Oh, thank goodness. Can you guys see me? Yes, I don't see him. I'm back. I would actually cry. Hello. Okay. Uh, Hello. I, I did a little mini podcast doing? while I was trying to reconnect. Oh, all right. okay. <laughs> the the reconnecting podcast. Yeah. Fuck. I literally I thought you guys were all like just not talking. I was like, oh. No. <laughs> we were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh well me and the listeners didn't hear your response to that. So uh do oh. you guys feel confident in uh talking for Celine Shiammer and Spike Lee, or do we want to leave that to the next episode where we can be more prepared? Laura and I and I have both said we can't vote because we haven't seen enough. I also can't vote, so we'll just leave that alone then. Okay. No. That's what I but, thought. Uh, Marie, so next, we're doing it. We're doing it so we can actually vote. Yeah, we're not like, eliminating. Yeah, because we wanna. Okay. I wanna see more that. of her filmography because yeah. I I love. I mean, I'll watch. I, I'll watch both other. Us. Oh, I guess there's more than just one. I'll watch at least two of her movies this week. I promise. Yeah. yeah. Do we so, want to give like a little? Do we want to decide then, which matchups we want to do next week? Like, do we want to just do the next like? Do we need to yeah. wait? Can yeah. we? Do we need to wrap up the episode first? Uh, well, I was gonna say we could do that as part of the, like, as a little teaser oh, for the oh, next I, episode. I got you. I got you. Uh, so, sure. how many do we want to do next episode? Do we want to do like uh? Can, oh, actually, can we do the next I know. four? Well, okay, here I mean... so. In, in the bracket, it's kind of separated into different chunks. So what we've done is we've included the honorable mentions qualifiers as part of the episode. But if we take out those, that leaves us with like eight matchups. So that might... No, but can we can we do from Siama to, to Wonkar Y? Yeah, yeah that, that's say, what I'm saying. So that way we can... Oh, okay, cool. How many... Wait, how many... We did 11 this We've week? done 11. So that would cut it down to... It would usually be eight, but would do nine because we're leaving out the Shiama matchup. Uh, two, three, four, five, six. That works for me. So I'll go through. Yeah, we can go from Siama to Wonker Y. I'll I'll go through Wait. all of the. Does that check out for everyone? I'm counting. That's a lot of movies for me. Hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm just being honest. There's a lot of. Uh... But we have two weeks. Well, oh, that's true. We do have weeks, we do have two weeks. Mm-hmm. Double the time. We can do yeah. that. Actually, yeah. wait. I double the time. Do less weeks. directed. I will be on vacation during Labor Day weekend, so no. I won't be able to. Yeah, that's a holiday. No. That's yeah, a holiday it's a holiday States, weekend. So. Uh uh-uh. uh. We should, we oh should, wait. We'll we'll, out. we'll figure something out. Wait. So but... what if we just record next week and then we we upload the episode? A week later. Well, then we can't, can't watch. We, I was going to say, no, no. there's no way we'll be able to get through as many directors. 
so we're saying we we postpone a week then yeah i all mean right. that way we can all watch the directors well anyways uh i'll i'll read through does that mean we're gonna do from uh shiama to one car why sounds good yeah yeah that works for me so those matchups are if you are dedicated enough you know if you happen to be dedicated and dedicated fuck you guys know what i'm trying to say if you guys want to follow <laughs> along with the podcast, you can watch movies from Celine Shiama and Spike Lee, uh, Francois Ozon and Barry Jenkins, who will be returning uh, after beating John Carpenter, uh, Alfonso Cuaron and Andre uh, Zivyagintsev. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, got that. Nailed that. Uh, Claire Denis and Big Ass Luna. Uh, Sean Baker and Guillermo del Toro. I can show your age here, Ross. Because the way you're saying big ass. Well, it's I don't big know. Ass. Big ass. Not big ass. No, no matter how yeah, I say ass. it, big ass. Big ass Luna. Yeah. Big yeah. ass Luna. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, Sean Baker and Guillermo del Toro, uh, David Cronenberg, Greta Gerwig, Stanley Kubrick, and Jordan Peele. Jesus, what a matchup. Uh, and Drew Goddard and Brad Bird, another good matchup. And Lord and Miller versus Wong Kar Wai. That's all for today, I think. Uh, so you can find me on Letterboxd at Rosés. And you can find me on Letterboxd as Maria R-O-M. I'm on letterbox at literally underscore mercy. And my letterbox is at Lolo's app. Uh, yeah, thanks Yay. for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Watch and Wine podcast. Make sure to Google our Discord server, Watch and Wine, to meet us and listen to these podcasts live. You'll also meet a ton of other like-minded users who love film just as much as you do. And as always, have a good one. <laughs>